This podcast is presented to you by Passion Church and their campus in Alexander City, Alabama. For more information, visit www.mypassion.church. Woulda, coulda, and shoulda syndrome. Have you ever thought, if I only knew then what I know now, I woulda, I coulda, I shoulda, choose and chose and done it differently? You know, thoughts that come from looking back are stepping stones or stumbling blocks. As stepping stones, they help us grow and go up and forward. Our stumbling blocks hurt us. They, they, uh, stop, they uh, stump us and stop us. They keep us stuck and they keep us stunted in our growth. They keep us in remorse and in regret. You know, syndrome is, uh, is th- there are signs and symptoms that indicate or characterize a disease, a psychological disorder. Now, I lost some of you right there because uh, let, let me define that. You know, uh, 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 I don't believe that you're psychotic, okay? And I don't want you to believe that. But I'm going to tell you what, if you just run around with a carnal, natural mind, uh, believing that all we are is just, you know, we're only human. Here's the thing. We're not only human. We're made in the image and likeness of God. And we are spiritual. We are spirits come from the great spirit of God, the father of all spirits, and we're speaking spirits. And we're either supernatural or just superficial, but we won't take time with that today. Amen. That'll probably preach like a lead balloon over. We're not ready for that yet, but we're not just limited to the natural. And, and as Christians, we're challenged this carnal-mindedness to think as mere men. Think the way the world thinks. Because I, I, I believe that the devil is psychotic. And there's some stinking thinking out there. Amen. Turn to your neighbor and say, I've smelled a little stinking thinking in here every once in a while. You know you're not going to be very persuasive if you continue to be abrasive. <laughs> All right, let's move <laughs> forward here. It's a disease. A sight. It's it, there are signs and symptoms that 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 characterize and there's an indi- there indicated disease, a psychological disorder, or other abnormal condition that is an un- undesirable condition, and and it's and it most likely takes the form of a pattern of behavior, a pattern of behavior. Isaiah forty three eighteen, the Message Bible says this: Forget about what's happened. Don't keep going over and over old history. Be alert, be present. I'm about to do something brand new. It's bursting out. Don't you see it? There it is. I'm making a road through the desert. Now listen, rivers in the badlands. I like that. Uh, I don't know if you've ever been in a bad place, but uh, God said he'll make rivers in there. I'll tell you, I've had times when my dreams were blown all to pieces, but I grabbed a hold of a piece of driftwood of dream and floated out the river out of this bad situation, believing that God still had better for me. 
If one door closes, another one going to open. If they don't love me, honey, there's somebody who will. I'll shake the dust up anyhow. Say, whoa, and get on out of there. And go where you'll be celebrated. Go where there's life. Go where you find the favor and blessing of God. I mean, life's too short to waste a lot of time on folks that don't want you. Won't ever want you. Amen. Let them know what they're missing after you're gone and you can be missed. Sometimes that's just how it is. Amen. Hallelujah. I mean, glory to God. You know you wouldn't be as good a looking. You wouldn't have any, anywhere near what you do if God hadn't helped you and sent some good people on to challenge you to be better than you think you are. Amen. Now, would God love me, you know, like that? Oh, honey, I was worse shaped than that when he got a hold of me. Of course he would. Amen. It's not the outward appearance. I'm just saying, you know, uh, you know all this stuff like that. I, I care about it because she cares about it. And, oh, she do care about it. You know, I'll tell you what. Now, you come out with less than the best, she'll tell you. And that's because she loves us. You know, the same thing. You know, uh, uh. Uh, Jesus told the story in the Bible. I digress a little bit, but they threw a feast and somebody showed up and he said, look here, why are you looking like that? Where's your wedding clothes? You can't stay in here like that. You're not dressed appropriately. Bring all that dirty rags up in here. You should, at the door, changed them for the robe of righteousness. Amen. Now, he doesn't reject us for how we look on the outside, but I'm going to tell you what. Now, the Bible says all our righteousness is as filthy old rags. Isn't that right? If we try to come up and be good enough, listen, he made us good enough. Just come up and be like we are. And he'll clean you up. You don't get cleaned up before you come to God. He'll clean you up. Isn't that right? Jesus said every word he goes. Now listen, he goes, when you come in, he said, the words I speak to you, he goes, that's a washing of the water of the word. Amen. If you didn't take a bath all week on Sunday morning, we're going to scrub you up and get you ready for the rest of the week. When you go out there on Monday, they'll go, what's that smell? And it won't be a bad thing. They'll say, something smells good around here. It's the sweet fragrance of God on you. Amen. Been scrubbed up as a refiner's. He said he's a refiner's uh, fire, but also a refiner's. Uh, a refiner's soap. Amen. Good to take a good bath, isn't it? It's just something about, uh, about the Word of God that cleans us. The presence of God that cleans us. Because the devil accuses us all the time how unworthy, how dirty, how rotten we are. Amen. But the Word will fix that, won't it? When we come up and we hear the Word of God, it will fix us. We need to hear that kind of word that's washing and regenerating. It ministers grace to us. It's because there's great grace available to us that a greater love than no, no man has any greater love than this that he laid down his life for his friends. Jesus' greater love gave us this great grace from God. Didn't earn it, can't, can't no way uh, possible to deserve it, but we got it anyway. And if we'll take it by faith, there we go. There we go. Amen. Well, uh, God will make a way. Say, God will make a way. Out of, out, of this, out of where you don't want to be and into where you do want to be. Amen. I believe that there, there's most of us, for a large degree, uh, you know, now I'm going to say something here now. You know, uh, it, 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 there's too much settling in the church for less than God's best. 
We, the saddest thing in heaven is that there's going to be two things. There's going to be half hour crying in heaven. I believe that, uh, uh, you know, uh, first of all, we're going, to be, we're going to be crying of who we thought might be there and it's not. And the second thing we're going to be crying over is how much less we lived in here on earth that we could have had and, sh- and would have had and should have had if we believed God. Amen. All right, so he says, it's bursting out, don't you see it, all right? Now, in life, we're forced to face the facts. There are consequences to uh, the choices. And, you know, the answer to that, I don't have any problem with saying, yeah, that is my past. That was me. No denial, no excuse, no blame shifting. You know, uh, I get to choose. I get to choose for my life uh, where that is concerned. But now, uh, I also accept that where I cannot change what has happened, I can choose what happens next. See, I, and I will get in the now with the right now God and, and turn from having to face the facts because life will force you to face the facts. That, that was wonderful at pointing out. That's you, baby. See, uh, but with God, he asks us to turn to the truth of his word and say, yes, that, all right, that's my past. That's my past. That was me. But the truth is, is that I can turn towards God, and I'm going to tell you what now, this is his plan. It's all the future. I can turn towards this truth and say, yes, but this new thing that God's doing for me. I'm not going to forget about what happened. I'm not going to go over old history anymore. I'm going to turn to the truth and say, this is my future. This is mine. This is my future. The New Testament encourages us in Philippians 3.13, the Passion Bible says, I do have one compelling focus. I forget all the past as I fasten my heart to the future instead. Now, there are two important pivot points here. The little word as, it means to the same extent and at the same time. I forget all the past as at the, uh, to the same extent and at the same time I fasten my heart to the future instead. Rather, and in place of, and as an alternative and a substitute for focusing on the past... I choose to focus on the future instead. And by doing that, pretty soon I'm forgetting about the past. It's behind me. I can't do anything about that. But I'm focused on what I can choose now, having hopefully learned some things, grown through some things, not just gone through the things. See, our life will never appear to be any smaller than we're looking through the rearview mirror at what's behind us. Don't focus on what has happened. Our lives will always be larger and a greater vision when we're looking through the windshield of God's word to the future. Always. Now let me ask you, are you ready to move from regret to rejoicing? Are you ready to, to uh, move from the past to the future? Or will you stay stuck in the syndrome of coulda, shoulda, woulda? Or will you go for a freedom today that is set before us and choose to believe and take God at his word? I'm going to tell you, listen, you and I have to settle in our 
hearts that God's word is settled forever in heaven. He ain't going to take it back. He meant you and made you. You are his workmanship and you are created unto good works. That you, would, that you would not just create it. You're not just, you know, uh, uh, set on a shelf or put in uh, a drawer and forgotten. God is very mindful of you. That there's something special He created you to do that just you can do. And you believe that you were made and meant for more than settling for the less, settling for the ordinary, being just like everybody else. You were made to stand out. You were made to shine for God. You were made fearfully and wonderfully. And when we embrace that, see, and, and, and this, that we're, we're, we're creatures of comfort. We just seek the comfortable place of, of, of you know, the mindless masses and being mediocre and, and, and never say anything. Isn't that right? Because I'm afraid of what they'll think of me. I'm afraid that they'll reject me, you know. They think about stuff anyway. A lot of time they'll tell you that. Hmm? It's the goodness of God that you can't read folks' minds. That you know what they're thinking. Amen. But see, when Jesus knew what, and it says, Jesus knew what they were thinking. And he answered it. He was bold. Said, why are you saying within yourselves thus and so? Isn't that right? <clears throat> well, you know, see, it's easier, it, it, it's easier just to, to resort to the way we've been trained in the world than to come to church and apply ourselves. Are you listening? Not just come to church and be challenged, but then to go be the church outside the four walls the rest of the week and take the challenge where Jesus said, now you go. You be a witness for me. Don't be superficial. Be supernatural. You go heal the sick. You go, I can't do that. He know you couldn't do that. But he gave you authority and ability in his name to go and to cast out the devil, raise the dead, heal the sick. But when we just look at who we are as natural people, that's not how God sees you. God doesn't see you. He doesn't see you uh, the way you see. He sees the potential of who you are and how he made you in his son. Amen. And it wasn't long. I mean, in the New Testament, they went out because they just simply believed it. They began to turn the world upside down. Their world, where they were. Because they, because they decided that they weren't going to live in the woulda, shoulda, coulda. They were going to take the future of, you know, uh, I can, if I will. See, I could if I'd only believe Jesus and His work in me, that I have the power of God available to me. And then listen, see, the Bible says the Word's near you. It's in your heart, even in your mouth. It said you don't have to call all of that down from heaven and up from hell. It's right here. You know, sometimes Christians get where they won't even bring their Bible to church, much less that it go home and, and you know, it, sad thing when on, on, on a Sunday we're looking for our Bible where well, we put it last time. This is a workbook, and it'll work when you work with it. Amen.
Pastor. Pastor. Now, I was just getting to like you here, too. And there you go, putting pressure on me, talking about supernatural and, you know, the name of Jesus and reading my Bible more than the scripture on Sunday. And, you know, it's so convenient. Why bring the Bible? They put the verse up there. Exactly. I don't like and trust technology. They can't keep up with it. I've quoted several scriptures here, and they don't even know where it's at. John 10, 10. Maybe you can find that one. Jesus said the thief comes only to steal. I'm just picking on you back there now. Hallelujah. The thief comes only to steal, to kill, and to destroy. I came so that they can have real and eternal life, more and better life than they ever dreamed of. Believe that there's more, there's better, there's greater out in front of you than the stuff that lies behind you. Let me ask you, would you, could you, should you say yes to God today? Pastor Ron's going to come. Listen, say yes to what? His great grace and greater love. Jesus is the way. This new thing, this new life that he has for you. You were born into something far greater than just a natural existence. Jesus told his disciples, he said, come follow me. He said, I'm going to take out of your natural what you do know, and I'm going to turn that into a supernatural thing. You've been fishing for bass and perch, but I'm going to make you a different kind of fisherman. You've been hunting for white-tailed deer and rabbits and squirrels, but I'm going to make you a different kind of hunter. You've been fixing people's problems with their cars and their, you know, their... Their law, uh, their trouble with the law, or this or that, or see. But I'm going to make you a different fixer of people's problems. I'm going to take who you are and how I mentioned, how I made you, your gifts, your talents. I'm going to give you grace, and I'm going to show you how to use that powerfully as a powerful witness for me. There is, there is a good success. The blessing brings favor. And favor causes good success. And good success is attractive. You know, if we'll just be sensitive to God and sensitive to the people that He sent us to. See, because He sent you to the people that live around you, the people that you cross paths with, the people that you work with, people that you go to church with, people at the mall, the people at Walmart. You really don't know, but God does. Have you ever looked at people's faces? When they drive by in their cars, when you're prayed down the streets and your heart's just drawn to a certain thing or a place and all of a sudden you just know God it's because God's pointing out and calling your attention to that and he doesn't want you to just say oh God help them he wants you to pray powerful prayers that he can access and invade their lives 
We want you to put your faith on the line and never back up from it. I said, they'll live and not die. Declare the glory of God. I declare the devil won't have them. I declare in the name of Jesus that I'm going to hang around and watch what God does. I've seen judgment and I believe His mercy will triumph over judgment in their life. God, I believe that they won't receive me, but they'll receive somebody else. So raise up another witness. A hundred, a thousand if you have to, God. Surround them with your love. Cause them to come to the reality of them. I pray for them, God, that your kingdom come and your will would be done. I'm going to tell you, we move through this life just like Jesus moved through. And there are people like blonde Bartimaeus sitting by the road. Jesus had a big meeting in town. And he's leaving town. Everybody's following him, rejoicing and hollering, you know, happy about the meeting. And here's this guy begging beside the road. They put a coat on him and told him, this is your lot in life. You wear this thing. You're blind. You can't. Oh, you, you, you would have if you could have. You should have, but you know, you got this thing. Own it. I thank God sometimes we'll be, the world will put something on us that don't belong to us. We know we were meant for more than this. I'm sure there were people that went by him and, and he's begging for alms and they said, you know, he said, uh, where are you going? Oh, Jesus, having a meeting in church. Never offered to bring him. He wasn't in the meeting. He couldn't find his own way. He's blind. He don't know the way. Somebody showed him. I'm going to tell you, Jesus is passing by people just like that every day. And he's so surrounded with all of us that love him and are so glad about what he's doing that when somebody like that, you know, uh, he started hollering. Oh, they're hollering. But if we're deaf to their cry, if our hearts are hard and we're deaf to their cry, we won't hear them. We're all caught up in the hallelujahs and the hosannas of, of what God's doing in our life and all the people that we do know. And here's blind Bartimaeus and he's making some noise. And you know what? The first thing they want to do, shh, shh, shh. You're blind. Would be that you were dumb too, but you're blind. Can't you see we're having a celebration here? Can't you see Jesus is on His way and we're on our way with Him? And we don't need you making a big distraction. It says He hollered all the more. I'll tell you, there's a world hollering right now all the more. And we misinterpret that. You know, worse than it's ever been. Darker than it's ever been. More noise from the wrong side than it's ever been. Hollering louder. You know what Jesus' answer was to them that told them, said, hush, be quiet, don't disrupt. He said, bring him to me. Now that he's called attention to himself, his silent cry, realized that his salvation was passing by and he was making some noise. Jesus said, bring him to me. How many of you know someone? I thank God we're all here today. How many of you know someone making some noise? Right now?
They're acting out a little bit right now. They're disrupting things right now. Jesus answered, bring him to me. Maybe you know some folks that you need to bring to Jesus. How different they'd be if they... Jesus, when they brought him, Jesus said, what do you want me to do for you? He said, Lord, I want to receive my sign. I want to see. I want to see. People want to see God. People want to see a God that's real. People want to see a God that's a healer. A God that's a helper. A God that can save and deliver to the uttermost. They want to see a God that can give them real peace. They want to see a God that can speak to the storm and everything just gets still. They want to see a God that has power over hell, death, and the grave. They want to see a God. And you know what? They have a right to. Well, that was Jesus. Yeah, Jesus lives inside of you now. And you're the only Jesus they're going to see is the one that you see and are willing to show to them. This church has been blessed. We've been blessed and now we must be a blessing. You don't have to wait all day for that. Amen. I remember when I first got saved, I had such a compulsion in my life to share this Jesus. I didn't know a lot about him. All I knew was he saved me. He forgave me of my sins. He canceled my, my death sentence to hell. I found out that's the greatest miracle that could ever happen to you anyway. In this year of challenge, will you accept the challenge or will you just want to stay comfortable and make it all just about ourselves? Will you be one that will bring one this year? My life repeated in them. Just one. I'm going to focus my faith on one. I'll tell you, Jesus kept focusing on the next one that was in front of him. Bringing people, connecting them with a God that, that they really do want to know and God wants them to know him. They want freedom. They just don't know how to find it. They want to discover that they have a purpose in this life. And they want to make a difference because they know they were made for more. Somehow deep inside. And if you and I will be that to them and for them and show them. I'll tell you, you'll help other people. Stand in that gap. Funny thing about this scripture is that we have the names of both some that, that said yes when he said come follow me. And we have a few of the names that turned away sadly for their heart was in another place they felt like it was going to cost them too much they'd have to give up too much to follow Jesus and his will and his way for their life as God tells the story both ways heaven will be full at the great judgment day of God of those that would have those that could have and those that should have those that did and those that didn't.
Jesus said, don't just live and work for the treasures here on earth. He said, but lay up for yourselves true treasure in heaven. It will last forever. We have a saying around here, people for your lives. And I know this isn't a run around, you know, shout about and all that kind of stuff message. Uh, you know, that tells you how to get the pink Cadillac and trade in the shack for the mansion out by all that kind of stuff, you know. All those are wonderful things. And God will provide and supply more than we could ask or think even here on the earth. The Bible says anybody gives up anything or anyone for the kingdom, he'll receive a hundredfold increase, a maximum measure of whatever you gave up. Family, friends, homes, lands, possessions, whatever, here in this life, but also in the world to come, eternal life. A wonderful reward from God. Amen. I believe God's looking for some folks right now. I do. I, I, I feel pulled and compelled like never before and drawn to uh, His heart and His heart not just for those that are saved, but those that are not, that are not safe right now. And I believe the challenge is as a pastor in the, of this church or a people of this church is to prepare you and both all of us for those works of service that are not, thank God for service in the house, uh, but we need more workers in the field. We need you to go out from here, not be, self, not be satisfied with, uh, with of, of how, you know, uh, at lunchtime in the house while we're serving one another. And that is a, a part of serving God. But, but also, you know, we, I lived on a farm. And I'll close with this. And uh, uh, one of my sisters, just one, because that's all it took. One of my sisters. My mama would come in uh, and help. Uh, but, you know, at lunchtime in the middle of the uh, day, we always had a bunch of, bunch of folks and hired hands uh, or whatever. But, you know, when it was haying season and such, uh, the emphasis was on the crop in the field. It wasn't on the lunch in the house. We just had, we had lunch and then we all went back to the field. One girl stayed in the house. That's all it took was to clean up, you know, paper plates after having bologna sandwiches and chips and pickles. That's all you need. But the emphasis was out there in the field. Amen. And everybody, if you could flip a bale over, if you could just scoot one three feet, if you could just turn it towards the trailer, you're just big enough to do that. Everybody had a hand in it because it was a family's harvest. Our lives depended on it. Amen. And there's a harvest waiting for us out there, guys. I really believe that. I believe more than now if we'll focus our prayers on, on that. God's been good to you. Look at your life. You're here. The devil... Woulda, shoulda, coulda, yeah, but he can't, all right? So let's stop focusing on that now. But your life and my life will be so much happier, more fulfilled and more satisfied and more supplied when we, when we make it about other folks. And we make it our aim not just to come to church uh, here uh, on Sunday ourselves, but to bring somebody with us.
Thanks for listening to today's podcast. We hope you've enjoyed it and pray that you are blessed by God's word. For more information about Passion Church, visit www.mypassion.church. Thank you.